Thank you. Maybe see. How many of you got your Bibles tonight? You want to hold them up in the air? Y'all want to do a sword drill tonight? See how fast y'all are? Y'all want to try it? Tell you what, we'll do it this way then, all right? Swords in the air. Now, you know when you put your sword in the air, if you do it right, you got you to gotta have the binder up, right? Binder up. Everybody on the same page, binder up. And I'll tell you what, when you get there, instead of standing up and reading it, just say amen, all right? We're going to find out how fast everybody is. Psalm 70. Ah, some of you are cheating already. You can't go to us say charge. Some of you are cheating right here in church. You're not, even, you're not even trying to hide it. Psalm 73, 1. Charge. Psalm 73, 1. Oop, that was quick. Quick. Good. Now, I'm not going to start there. Everybody says it. There you go. Man, I've heard these women in church for the first time in my life. Working on that. Working on that. If you're there, say amen. I think that's most of the church. We might have sword drills for real here. We did it a few weeks or It's been several months ago. Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Let's read it together. I won't read the whole psalm. I want to, but we'll, we'll shut it off somewhere here. But I want you to follow along with me. And I want you to think about the words as I read it. Put yourself there. Because to be quite honest with you, anyone could write this, any of us could write this at times in our life. So I want you to look at it with me. Verse 1, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. Here we go. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out of them, out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Now, I'm going to stop after 16, and we're going to pick up verse 17 later. When I thought to know this, 
it was too painful for me. Now, we know that this is a psalm of Asaph. Any of you know Asaph? He was a psalmist. He loved to sing. He was a man that was gifted in music. But here's a man that you find that is extremely melancholy, and we would use the word depressed, discouraged, in pain, struggling. And he says it in such a way that he's actually questioning God. You understand that? This is a psalm that any of us could write in particular times of our life. Just depending on where we are. Depending on what circumstances we're dealing with. Maybe what sorrow we're dealing with. But he's dealing with the idea that he's got a lot of questions. Now, I want to look first because I think this is important. And I, I didn't learn this. I learned this from someone else. I would have never read this psalm this way until I heard a preacher years ago really explain this psalm. And I think it's the best explanation of the psalm. But I want you to notice how he starts and then we're going to close tonight how he finishes. But we're going to look at the beginning all the way through the middle of this psalm and then we're going to close at the end. But I want you to notice the psalmist makes some confessions in verse number 1. Now keep in mind, this confession is very important. This confession really is what makes this psalm okay. What I mean by that is look at verse 1. He establishes right off the bat, he makes a declarative statement that God is good. Now listen to me tonight, God is good. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter how much you're questioning God. He gets that out of the way in the very first verse. He says, God, I know you're good. Because when you keep reading the psalm, you're going to question whether he thinks God is good. But he declares right on the front, God, I want to clear this up. I want you to know there's some things I don't understand. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I've been looking at some things. But I want you to know, before I start to gripe, before I start to complain, before I start to question you, I want you to know on the front end now, I'm human, but I want you to know, I know you're good. Now that's where we need to start. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on in our country, no matter what's going on in our circumstances, we have to declare on the front end, God, I know you're good. Because here in a minute, I've got some questions, I've got some gripes, I'm hurting, I'm struggling, and you're the one that I want to talk to. And in a minute, if someone reads this psalm, they might question that I think you're good. But I want you to know on the front end, you're good. Start there. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter how bad it seems. No matter how dark it is. We have to clear off a spot say, God wants you to know you're good. He made a confession. Very important this confession is made. Because most of us gripe and complain and we start going to God without declaring and making that confession first. Say, Lord, I want you to know you're good. I want you to know you're God. I want you to know that you're right. I'm always wrong. But right now, I'm struggling. I don't understand everything. But I want you to know before I start, you're good. So before I start tonight, he's good. You hear me? 
No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we don't understand, no matter what dark storm we're dealing with, I want you to know, as your pastor and as your friend, as your Christian brother, God is always good. And even though we know He's good, we have complaints. There's things we don't understand. There was things that this psalmist did not understand. So we see his confession. He said, Lord, now I want you to know, truly God is good to Israel. You've been good to us, Lord. We're your people. We've tried to keep a clean heart. We've tried to do what's right. We're your peculiar people. The Jewish people was a peculiar people. That was a people of his very own possession. He said, I want you to know that you're good. But now I want you to notice... Wait a minute now, God. I just told you you're good, but now I've got some complaints. Look at them. Verse 2. When you see the word but, that means exactly what it means. But. I know you're good, but. <laughs> As for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well not slipped. You know what he's talking about here? He's about ready to hang it up. He's about ready to backslide on God. He's about ready to give it all. He's about ready to abandon everything that he knew and sung about all those years because he got his eyes on something. He started looking at some things that he started worrying about. He started getting concerned about. And he didn't just completely understand it. And so I want you to notice, he said, but as for me and my feet, we're almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Look, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Here in other words what he's saying. Can I bring this down to our language where we can understand it? Lord I've been trying to serve you. I've been trying to faith you. I've been living a good Christian life. I've been trying to keep my hands clean. I've been trying to do the right thing. But have you looked at that man over there. That doesn't love you. He doesn't go to church. He's wicked. And I'm, I'm riding on a little tricycle. And he's driving a Mercedes Benz. That's what he's saying. He said, I got to looking at everything. All of these people that are evil, they're not trying to do right. They're not trying to live for you. I've got my eyes on them. I've been watching them. They look like they're prospering. They look like they don't have any trouble. They're not going through any pain. They're prospering. But yet here I am. I'm eating brown beans and cornbread. And they're eating ribeye. Now, I don't know about y'all. Some of y'all like. Some of y'all said, but I'd give me the brown beans. Give me the ribeye. But that, let's just, let's just make it, this is practical. That's what he's done. He's looking at people that doesn't love God, not doing the right thing, not serving God, not faithful to the Lord, not doing anything for Him. Wicked is all get out. And in his eyes, he said, they're prospering. Now where are you at, God? See, there's this complaint. By the way, every one of us could write this because we've all done the same thing. We've all looked and said, well, look, God, I'm trying to serve you. Why is this happening? Why ain't it happening to Joe over there? He don't do anything. While I'm going to church on Sunday, he's out there cutting his grass. But yet he don't look like he's having any trouble. Lord, why am I going through this storm? And they look at everybody out here that thinks we think they've got it all so good. And he's saying, Lord, I just about backslid on this. I've about just lost my faith over this because I don't understand why I'm trying to do right. And they're prospering and I'm not. That's his complaint. 
So again, we have to understand it's very important they started out verse number one because the next couple verses you used to think that he's questioning God. He is. He said, Lord, I want you to know, I want to settle it before I get started. Truly, you're good. I know you're good. I don't understand. I'm on this side. You're on that side. But God, I just want you to know, first of all, I'm going to gripe a little bit. But I want you to know, first, you're good. But I got some questions. Y'all ever been there? You know why you've been there? You know what? You're human. Has everything worked out exactly the way you thought it should work out in your life? Certainly not. So what do we do as spiritual people? First thing we do, we should. We ought to examine our own lives. But we go to God and we say, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know what's going on. But before we start griping, we need to do like Asaph. We need to start out saying, oh, Lord, first of all, I want you to know you're good. You're God. I know you're always right. But I'm just struggling right now. And I'm going to vent with you just a little bit and let you know I'm struggling because I'm looking down here at the people that you're supposed to be against. They're the ones that are wicked. They're not serving you. They don't love you. And they seem like, to me, they're prospering. And I'm driving driving a tricycle and they're driving a Mercedes Benz. Everything they've touched seems to be gold. They're not sorrowful like me. They're out here living it up. Yet I'm trying to serve you. Here's the old age question. Y'all ready? Why does bad things happen to good people? You ever thought that? You ever asked about that? You ever asked God that? By the way, we know why he's trying to bring us unto himself. But those bad things, those dark storms, those dark clouds, we'd like to bypass a lot of them. But see, God uses the dark clouds. He uses the, the dark storms. He uses the heartache. But in, in the middle of all of this, Asaph doesn't see that, doesn't want to see that. So he's saying, now God, I don't understand this. Why is these things happening to me and it doesn't seem like they're happening to him or them? But on the all set, he said, Lord, I want you to know I'm going to confess you're good. He confessed that he was good, but then he got to some complaints. And then, let's just look at his circumstances a minute. He didn't understand it. Notice what he says. He said, for I was envious. Verse 3, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands. See, this is his view of it. It doesn't mean that there's no bands in there. It doesn't mean that what he's saying is true. Because we know the end of unrighteous. We know the end of the world. We know the end of someone that doesn't know the Lord. But in the middle of this thing, when the thing's really rough, when the thing's really hard, when the thing's really dark, you don't see the end. Sometimes we forget everything we know because we're caught in the middle of hurt, anguish, struggle. And so here's where he's at. He's dealing with the circumstances of life. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death. But their strength is firm. He said, Lord, I'm looking at them. They're not bothered. They're just moving on day to day. And I'm over here struggling, God. And I'm one of yours. Their marriage looks so much better than mine. But I'm the one serving you. We're the one. This being faithful. We're the one giving to the church. We're the ones serving the Lord. Why, Lord? I don't understand this. He was struggling with the circumstances. Look at verse 5. They're not in trouble as other men. Now, we know that's not true. But in the view, in the time that Asaph was in, I mean, he's just pouring his heart out here. Any one of us could write this psalm. But 
he says to God. He says, God, they're not even in trouble like other men. They're not serving you. They're wicked. And to me, it doesn't even look like they're struggling. They're not having any trouble. By the way, we can deal with this in a personal way. I'm going to be honest. It seems, sometimes, it seems like in people's lives, the people that are always wrong and the most deceptive and the biggest liars, they seem like they're always the one that gets on top. I want to say too, this social media stuff gives liars and gives people a, a, an opportunity to say things and there's, there's no rebuttal. No Christian that has any wisdom at all is going to get on Facebook and rebuttal somebody. So they throw that stuff out of the court of, of public opinion. And it looks like they're not in trouble. They don't look like they're plagued with other men. But you know what? Here's what the Bible says. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, I'm going to be honest with you about that. A real loving Christian don't even want vengeance upon the people that's hurt them. Get a hold of that. It's not something you glory in. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know how David prayed. <laughs> I've read these. I can't even say the psalm. The imprecatory psalms. I, I don't understand them. I had a whole Bible. And I know I pronounced that wrong. It's okay. Because none of y'all knew it anyway until I just said it. But y'all ever read them psalms where David is absolutely asking for the heads of his enemies? He's asking to be wiped off the face of the earth. He's asking for them. To get it. God, I want you to get them. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a time and a place for that. But I'm just going to tell you all right now. I ain't never been there. I've never been there. I'm not saying David's wrong. Because obviously it's a word of God. David asked for some real, real heavy stuff when it comes to his enemies. I've never gotten there. I think a real strong Christian should never want vengeance on somebody that's hurt them. But the still true, God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But in this situation, Asaph's looking out there. He doesn't understand why they're not in trouble like he is. They're not serving the Lord. They're not a choir leader. They're not writing this psalm. They're not in the eternal word of God. These are people that, that, that aren't, that the Bible says are wicked. And, and Asaph's got struggle. He's saying, why are they prospering? There's no trouble with them. They're not even plagued like I am. He says, verse 6, therefore pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. In other words, they're violent people, God. And they seem like their efforts are being blessed. He said, I don't understand. He said, not only do I not understand. He said, I've just about quit the whole thing because of it. Right? That's what he said. My feet's about gone. I about well nigh slipped. I'm out of this thing. I'm going to go join that crowd. That's what he's saying, church. I'm going to go join that crowd. Y'all ever felt like that? What's the point? What's the point? Doing right? What's the point? Look at verse 7. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than hearken with. In other words, they got everything they need, he thinks. I'm over here eating Vienna sausages, praise God. And they're overeating salmon. Somebody say amen. That's what he's saying. They, they've got more than they need. Could you throw me a few crumbs? That's what he's saying. God, could you let the wicked that you've prospered. I'm over here serving you. I'm eating beanie weenies. 
And they're over there throwing ribeye steaks away. You know, that's what that means. So their eyes are full of fatness. In other words, they have more than they want. They're wasting stuff. They look like they're prospering so much. They have more than heart could wish. That's his view, see. That's his view. That doesn't mean it's true. That's Asaph's view. Verse 8, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. Here's what they're marked with pride. They're walking around with their chest puffed out. They're walking around like they're untouchable. So I don't understand it, God. I, I've looked at this thing. I, I'm, I'm envious of them. I'm struggling with it because he said, I'll tell you how bad I'm struggling with it, God. Now, I know you're good, but I want you to know something. I'm just about, my feet's just about slipped. I've just about got ready to go join this crowd. That's what he said. Look at verse 9. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. See, he's struggling with the circumstances. He didn't understand some stuff. Let me ask, let me tell y'all some, some circumstances. You know, there's times that you're going to have circumstances in your family that you're not going to understand. There's going to be things that's going to happen with your job that you're not going to understand. There's going to be circumstances that's going to happen with your health. And it's going to rock you. It's going to hit you. And you're saying, Lord, I have served you. I've tried to be faithful to you. And this joker over here, he doesn't even love you. He's been living like the devil. And he looks like he's got a clean bill of health. See, there's circumstances that you and I will never be able to explain. And if we don't view those circumstances correctly, I'm going to tell you something right now. If it just about made Asaph, his legs slip, his feet almost gone, his steps had almost well nigh went gone, I want you to know something. You and I ain't even better than that. Think about a death, someone that we love, we love dearly, that God takes them in death. These are things we don't understand. Why does people get health problems? As young, I think about all these folks on our prayer sheet, some of these little children. I don't understand it. Could you imagine sitting down beside those little babies, being the mom or the dad, and laying beside them and saying, Lord, I don't understand this. When you're in the valley of life, when you're in the valley of your life, when the rain's pouring down, the storm's beating, the old anchor's getting beat up, the bow of the ship's getting beat by all of the struggle and the circumstances of life. Listen to me, I want y'all to know something tonight. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what thing's going on in your life that you don't understand, God is still good. All the time. You know what we do? We put him on trial all the time. Well, God, if you love me, you wouldn't do this. God, if you love me, this wouldn't happen. God, if you love me, this wouldn't be true. No, God is good because he's done everything for us. If he never does another thing, he's still good. Last time I checked, I've been saved from hell. That's about the best you can get. We need to take him on trial. See, Asaph's putting him on trial. He's the Lord, Lord, Lord. All these circumstances... But boy, I'm glad he starts the psalm out the way he did. I think it's key. He said, truly, God, you're good. I want you to get that out of the way. Now, God, I want you to know you're good. But I've got some questions. I've got some complaints. I've got some circumstances in my life that I don't understand. But I want you to know first that you're good. I've kind of painted a dark picture here tonight, haven't I? Y'all ready for some ray of sunshine? 
Y'all certainly wouldn't think the preacher's going to leave you in gloom and doom before you leave here tonight, right? We've looked at his confessions. We've looked at his complaints. We've looked at his circumstances. But praise God, I'm glad he's got some comfort on the way. Look at verse 15. If I say I will speak, thus behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Look at verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful. Here's what he says. Look, this thing has been so painful to think about. I mean, it was really on him. It got on him. I mean, it got in his mind. It got in his heart. It affected his life. His complaints, his circumstances... Look at verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Until what? I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood I therein. That's why church is so important. Let's try that one more time. That's why church is so important. See, when you get into the sanctuary of God, by the way, it don't even have to be church. It's when you get alone in your closet with the Lord. By the way, there's sometimes things are so painful. You got to make yourself do it. And I'm, I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. But we all know that this is where we're going to get comfort and hope and help is when we start looking at things spiritually. When we get alone with God, when we try to understand, get in the sanctuary of God, that's why church is so important. When we come to this place where we're worshiping the Lord, the music, the everything that should be a part of this service, not so much Wednesday night. We don't have a choir. We don't have a lot of special music on Wednesday. On Wednesdays, mainly devoted to praying and preaching. We have fellowship. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. We have encouragement. He said, until I went to the house of God and heard truth again, until I got around the Lord again, until I started thinking about spiritually, he said, my whole view, here's what he said, my whole view finally opened up. He didn't keep looking at it. He didn't see those people anymore like, oh my goodness, they're not in any trouble like me. Here's what he said. He says, no, I know their end. You know what he said? I'm not jealous anymore. I'm not envy of them anymore. I don't want to be like them because I've went to the house of the Lord. I've got alone with God. Truth has been expressed to me again. I'm starting to get in the presence of God again. And he's starting to open my spiritual eye. He's starting to stir the embers of my soul again. So I'm going to tell you what the world does. I'm going to tell you what circumstances do. I'm going to tell you what they do. They burn you out. You know what Asaph's saying right here? I'm about half dead spiritually. I'm about half dead. That's what he says. I'm about half dead. The, the embers of my fire has just about went out. That's what he said. Let's just be honest. That's what he said. And by the way, every one of us has been there before. That's what he said. He said the, the embers. 
There's just a little bit there. It used to be on fire. There's just a little. But the circumstances of life, the, the devastations of life, he says, I've gotten, I've gotten low, God. I, I, my, my feet's just about slipped. So I've been looking at this thing in a depressed, no hope, only darkness look until I went into the sanctuary of God. And here's what he said, my whole outlook changed. That's his comfort. Can I be completely transparent and honest with y'all? I don't always feel like being here. Does that shock y'all? How many of y'all think that shocks me? Does that shock you? Would you raise your hand if you're shocked? You know why I'm human. You're human. You say, oh, Pastor, you got to be here because you're the preacher. Well, I guess so. It needs to be more than that. There's been times I've came in this door and I haven't wanted to be here. But I'll always tell you this. Once I get here, I'm glad I'm here. I'll just go a little step farther with you. There's been times in my ministry here in the last 13 years, I ain't got nothing to preach. What I mean by that is I've always got something to preach. I've got something in the Bible to preach. But I'm just going to tell you, I've been, I've, I'm, I'm dead here. Y'all believe that? Empty, man. I mean, just circumstances of life gets everybody. But I've never one time not got up to preach that he's not stirred the embers of fire in my heart. Never. Never been a time. And I think sometimes <laughs> y'all think I'm preaching to you when he's preaching to me. His comfort. In other words, he said, I had this dark, ugly view. I'm about ready to slip and fall. I'm done until I went into the sanctuary of God. He said, then I understood they're in. See, he got them spiritual lights back on. He got them spiritual eyes focused in. He got that fire in his heart fueled again, see. Then I want you to notice, look at the conclusion. Let's look at his conclusion. I, <laughs> I told you we're going to start out and end. Here's what's amazing to me. Y'all read the psalm. We've read most of it. But in verse 1, he starts with truly God is good. But y'all notice how he ends? Same way. Verse 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in. In the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. You know how he started this psalm off? He said, God, I know you're good. Get ready though. I'm getting ready to complain. I've got some gripes. I'm struggling. I've got some complaints. I don't understand some things. I don't understand while I'm eating beanie weenies. And these wicked people are eating ribeyes. I don't understand while I'm, I'm pedaling my little tricycle to work. And they're driving a Mercedes Benz. They don't look like they're losing any sleep. They've got so much they're wasting it. I would just like some crumbs. I've thought of this so heavy. These circumstances have been so heavy to me. I've just about quit on you God. Well, I'm glad he got some comfort because at the end of the whole thing, here's what he said. But it is good for me to draw near to God. 
You know what he's saying? If you're going to draw near to somebody, here's what you're going to say. He's good. Y'all asked, huh? Was there any of that catfish left Monday night? Very little. Very little. I'm telling you, it was a little. And I mean, just a little old cup. Maybe dad's done ate that. Amen. I'm sure he has had him on. He done ate it all. Wow. I'm shocked. Pretty good. And I couldn't taste it. I fried it up. I used two different fish fries on it. I thought I was getting a spicy one, but it wasn't very spicy. And then we love House of Autry. I don't know if y'all like House of Autry. But our favorite favorite seafood breader or fish breader is House of Autry. Y'all mark her down. Y'all like fish. Y'all need to try House of Autry. Pretty good stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's good stuff. Two different kinds. I couldn't taste it, but I'm going to tell you all right now. I, I noticed something that was happening while I was frying it. They kept drawing nigh to the platter that I was putting it on. Y'all stay with me. They kept drawing nigh because I'd put the fish out of the deep fryer. I had three of them going and I'd dip them out when they got done and I'd set them down on the table and I'd go back over here and keep watching the fry. But it, it seemed like there was people that kept, con they kept drawing near to that pan. Do y'all understand? Y'all understand what I'm trying to say? You know what they were saying by drawing near to the pan? It's good! You know what Asaph's saying? After all of this struggle that he's had, all the circumstances, all of the struggle, all the darkness, you know what he's saying? Boy, it's good for me to draw near to God. Y'all know why? Because he's good. That's his conclusion. Now, how's that help me? Well, how's that help you? I don't know where you're at tonight. You might have just skipped number one, verse one. You might have skipped number one and just went straight to the griping. You need to back up. You need to back up. He didn't start griping and question God about everything before he said, God, I know you could. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard the way this preacher said it years ago that I heard. It's never, it's never left my mind. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, but it is his word. Here, here's how this preacher said it. He said, Asaph said, Lord, I know you're good, but here in a minute, I've got some questions. But before I start asking, I just want you to know you're good. And this preacher said, God says to Asaph, and then ask away. I don't know. But I think we should always preface our complaints and our gripes before we start. Say, no, God, I'm looking at this from a different view and I know you're God and you don't have to prove everything to me. And I know there's going to be some things I don't understand, but I do have some questions and I'm struggling right now. But I just want you to know, I know here after a while, it's all going to work out. And I know here after a while, you're going to help me. And I know after a while, I'm going to see him for the way I need to see him. But right now, God, I just want you to know I'm struggling. But while I'm telling you that, I just want you to know I'm still trusting you. I still know you're good. And I do thank God, I do, I believe he says, then Mark, then just go ahead, ask away. If we ever get into a gripe session, make sure you start out with he's good and you better end with he's good. Whether everything works out like you want him to or not, because I can promise you this, God is good. 
Then I want you to notice as I close his conclusion is he's good in verse 28. But if you'll notice, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. Notice this, that I may declare all thy works. Now, sometimes it's tougher to get here. But see, this is a process. He says, Lord, I know you're good. I put my trust, Lord. Notice, notice the wording. That I may. That I may. Doesn't mean he's doing it right now. He's not doing it right now. When you end this psalm, he's still struggling. But he says, Lord, I want to believe with all my heart. I want to trust you. I know. But he said, I know you're good. But I want to be able in time, future, that I may declare all thy works. You know what he's saying? Lord, I trust you. I believe you. I've had a skewed view of all of this. I've looked at these. I've been envious of the foolish. I've seen their prosperity. I've seen, I've thought there's no bands in their death. Their strength is firm. There's no trouble like they, like I have. They're not plagued like I am. They are walking around with pride. They, they, they are violent people. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than they wish. And I'm over here struggling, God. But I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I told you on the front end that I trust you and I love you. And that I know that you're good. I've got a lot of problems. I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of struggles. But I'm also going to end and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to trust you by faith. And I'm going to, in time, I'm going to be able to declare all of thy works. Do you know that should be our communication with people? Is we ought to be going around telling other people how good God is. And I know sometimes when you're in the middle of the storm, that's the last thing you want to tell somebody. But just get ready. If you'll start out saying that he's good, you trust and end with he's good. I can promise you that all of that's going to meet together. And somewhere here after a while, your struggle, your trouble, your skewed view of something that you might not think is fair. If you hold tight, you keep hanging on to the Lord. There'll be a time in your life that you'll be able to look back on that and say, hey, I just want to tell y'all tonight how good God is. I was in the darkest of the night. I was almost backslid on God. But I want you to know something. God came through like He always did. And I just need to tell you how good God is. You know how a church would grow? Y'all start talking about how good God is. For years. I will say this. When we came here for the first time in a long time in my life, I actually heard a little bit of a buzz like good about church. I remember first getting here. I didn't know anybody here. We were brand new to the area. But Miss Kyle, of course, was our secretary. And she would tell me, I run into so-and-so and run into so-and-so and run into so-and-so. And they talked about they're going to come and visit the church. And they run into so-and-so. And I heard all this. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you. all I know Miss Kyle probably thought I looked at her like I'm crazy. And I said, really? I was like, is that? Am I hearing that right? Because for years, all I ever heard was how negative church was. I'm telling you what, did you, did you know who the preacher asked to sing? Well, I'm telling you, did you see the pastor had a new suit on? Well, we're paying him too much. 
Well, I'll tell you right now, did you see that new vehicle pastor's got? I'll tell you right now, those are his favorites. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to go down to that church. They're a bunch of hypocrites. I, when I came here, I'm shocked. I'm going to tell y'all right up. Miss Kyle was coming to me and said, hey, ran into so-and-so at Walmart, and I'm going, I'm shocked. And you know what? Our church grew the most we ever grew the first few years. And they wasn't really just bragging on the church. You know who people was bragging on? God. They was talking about the Lord. They were telling people, hey, God is good. We're going to declare all of our works. And so I want to encourage y'all tonight. God is good and He deserves for us to declare all of His works. And can I get a witness? Even in the darkness, just hold tight. The sun will break. The sun will shine again. Get ready. Hang on. And pretty soon, you're going to be just like Asaph. It is good for me to draw near to God. I started out on this thing saying he was good. With all my questions and concerns and all the struggle of life, I'm going to end up that he's good. And not only that he's good, I'm going to communicate to everybody I talk to. He is good. If y'all believe he's good tonight, would you stand to your feet? I don't know where y'all are at. I can guarantee you this. Life's going to beat you down. Circumstances are going to beat you down. Things are You're going to struggle with stuff. But hear me and hear me well. God's always good. Whether we understand it or not, God is good. How many of y'all believe that? I hope and pray this has encouraged your heart tonight. If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me. He is so good, He did everything to save you. By faith, you can trust Christ tonight. And He'll save you, I promise you. He'll save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. When you put your faith, when you repent of your sin, and I'm going to say something. When the Holy Spirit of God convicts you of sin, I can promise you this. He will lead you to a perfect Savior who will cleanse your sins, I mean, white as snow. And you can for the first time understand the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. If you're here tonight and you do not know Him, I pray you'll get to know Him. Come and talk to us. We'll take the Bible and show you tonight how to be saved. Don't leave the building. For, for every Christian, can I ask you this question? How many of you just needed a good old shot in the arm to just know once again and hear just once again, God is good. You say, Pastor, did we come here to hear that? Yep. yep. How many of you glad you heard it? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your word. Lord, I see a psalmist here that was fighting. He was fighting out of the dark. He was fighting. Lord, he started out saying you were good, and Lord, he ended up saying you were good. And Lord, I don't know where everybody's at tonight. There might be people right in here fighting for their life, and I mean that by spiritually, their spiritual life. They're just like Asaph. Maybe their, their feet's about well now gone. They're about slipped. They're about ready to turn this thing in. Lord, there might be someone like that tonight. I don't know. You know the hearts. But Lord, I pray you'll strengthen them. Lord, I pray that you'll quit 
Help them to quit questioning you, putting you on trial. Lord, you've done so much for us. If you never did another thing for us, you've saved us. So, Lord, tonight I've just tried to be as real as I possibly can, and I pray you'll bless your word. And thank you for allowing Asaph for this to be in your word and for us to be, be revealed to us tonight. And I pray that it will encourage each one of us. I'll thank you for what you do, for we ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a great evening. Be careful going home. Tell two or three people how much you appreciate them before you leave.